I'll start off with my scripture and um, giving a little background. After the Apostle Paul wrote his first letter to the Corinthians, written from Macedonia at the time, he got good response from his previous letter leading him to write 2 Corinthians, which if you didn't know, like I didn't know, it gives us some of, some of the most personal insight into Paul's life that is not in any other New Testament book. And overall, it gives us teachings on the power of Christ's death and the resurrection and the importance of reconciliation in him. And I really, really hope I'm saying that right. And I hope Google's not lying to me. But in um, <laughs> simpler definition of that, the ability to be united and in harmony with God through Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 14 through 19 for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That was a good bit of scripture. But so in short, Jesus died so that we may have life, new life, away from sin, away from our old ways of living. It has passed away. And to receive that, one must die with Christ. And in that death with Christ, we must die to ourselves, to the flesh, to the power of sin, and to the powers of this world. This, this death with Christ that happens inside us is not the end, however, as it is not the end for Christ, but it is our beginning. So my title for tonight is The End of Me. And I came across this letter in one of my devotionals that I read in the beginning of this month that, you know, I've just felt drawn to share, um, written by Kyle Eidelman. It says, Dear Reader, I've known you for as long as I can remember. I once heard there was a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And yes, that's us, though I doubt that's what the proverb was talking about. I've been close to a lot of people, but you and me, we have quite an attachment. Looking back, it's fair to say I've treated you pretty well. As a matter of fact, more times than I can count, I've put you ahead of anything anything and everything else. As we were growing up, I tried to make sure you were always at the front of the line. I saw to it that you got the biggest cookie on the plate, the best parking spot, and the comfiest chair in any room we entered. I post only the pictures that show you at your very best. Anyone would think you're living the dream. When you've struggled or had a hard time, I've done my best to keep that our little secret. Hello? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that scared me so bad. But as we grew older, I had to be a little more discreet. You wanted to keep winning and getting your way, all the while looking humble and unassuming. 
That gets tricky, not to mention tiring. As a matter of fact, you never seem to care about the dull stuff, like bills and consequences and what happens tomorrow. I've said more than harsh, a few harsh words to, to people on your behalf. And, I, and you never warned me about the mess. You never told me I couldn't unsay what I said. I love you, but I can't keep living for you. You always insisted that if I just keep you happy, then I'd be happy. But you know what? It's not as simple as that. It never has been. I've let you be in control and sit in the driver's seat. But it's clear you can't be trusted. You keep insisting you know the way we should go, but all always seems to be a dead end. I've looked into some other options, and I've decided to begin a journey down a different path. It's narrow, and it's difficult, and not many choose it, but it leads to real and abundant life. However, and there's no easy way to say this, but I can't take this path if I bring you along. So me, this is the end of you. Sincerely, me. Only, only when we die to ourselves can we truly live for him. Like the writer said, I can't bring you along with me on this path of following Christ. And to be honest, the life of self is frustrating and exhausting because it is tricky and tiring and failing. It's Im impossible to take the narrow path designed for followers if followers of Christ if you're following your own. If you want to picture it this way, a person who, is, who follows their own path gets so full of their own ideas, opinions, self-pride, self-gratifying, self-pleasuring, so full of themselves that they're too full to fit on the two on the narrow path. <laughs> Pulling that one. <laughs> Pulling that one after Thanksgiving. <laughs> but that's how I picture it. Um, we gotta deny ourselves. And that's what Jesus said. Luke 9, 23 through 23 through 24. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Romans 14, 6 through 9, and this is Paul to the Romans before the Corinthians. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he does not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, resurrected, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Dying doesn't sound appealing. I'll admit it too. It doesn't at all, but this death of ourselves is not a loss as it's defined or known to be. Romans 8, 13 through 14. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And when we become sons of God, that gives him permission to mold our lives and to shape us, refine us, cleanse us, pick out all the nasty bits and fill in the empty spaces. He renews us. So, yes, you are losing things, but notice what you are losing. Your selfishness, arrogance, greed, sinful anger, lust, pride, impatience, 
hatred, envy, foul tongue, wrath, pleasure of lying, taste of sin, discouragement, despair. The losing is the gaining. And God is replacing all those things with his characteristics, his fruit, his spirit. And what is of his spirit, but the spirit, fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And listen to what Paul says in the next verse. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And mind you, we are, we're called daily. The enemy likes to creep back, and creep back into our lives, especially when things are good. And really, life just likes to happen. And we can't just give a little piece of our lives once and expect that to be enough. Just like how we can't repent once and be done because being humans will sin and need his mercy again. And you can't, you know, receive the Holy Ghost once and be done either. You, you need renewal so you don't grow stale and stagnant. And you can't worship once because one thing, it should be in our walk. It should be in our breath. He's far too good to only be praised once. And again, and again, you can't just pray once or you can't just put put on the armor of God once either because the enemy's going to come back for punches. He's going to come back for you. And I struggle with this too. You know, I'm, I'm just as human, but life's going to continue to give you more. So you've got to continue to give more. Give God more. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 2, 19-21, and I'm about done, I think. <laughs> yeah. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. God gave his life for us, who knew no sin, so that we can have life in him, in, with him. we got to give ourselves away, like the song my life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you. And um, I'm basically closing, and Brother William's going to take over. Um, again, I want to say thank you for this opportunity. I don't take this lightly at all. Um, I hope that anything that I've said, at least one thing, has spoken to you. And I, and I pray for each and every one of you because we're his church, but we're all going through something, through life. And living's not easy. And the only thing that can really save us from this life is Jesus. And we got to have a relationship with him. We need to live and die for him because he lived. He died and he lives now. And he's got an eternal life waiting for us. And um, I'm done. And I just wanted to end by saying something from Paul as an encouragement. If my thing would work. Um, now the God of hope fill the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. We're going down to the river, down to the river, down.